it's time for another episode of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes. Here's your host, Terrence McCauley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes right here on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. My guest today is Sam Weeb. He is the award-winning author of the Wakeland novels, and his latest work, Sunset in Jericho, is available from Harbor Public Publishing now. Sam, thanks for being here, and why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Sunset and Jericho? Thanks so much, Terrence. Uh, Sunset and Jericho is the fourth book in the Wakeland series, which is uh, a private detective series set in Vancouver. So he's kind of like mm-hmm. the millennial Jim Rockford in a way. And in this <laughs> book, there are two murders that take place at the same time on different beaches in Vancouver. One of the mayor's brother, so somebody really born to privilege, and then one uh of a guy who um, left his wife, moved into an SRO, like a really, you know, flea bag type uh, motel, and mm-hmm. uh, seems to have become radicalized. And there's a connection between these two, and poor Dave Wakeland is right in the middle. Wow, interesting, very interesting. Now I know this is um, part of your Wakeland novels series. Would you say it's more of a standalone, or that? Uh, people should probably read the first books in the series so they get caught up to speed. I feel like it's the series in the way that um, like Chandler's Marlowe series or the John D. McDonald, Travis McGee books are a series and that there Mm -hmm. is character development and progression and there are things that carry over, but they're also meant to be standalone on their own merits. So I don't think that you need to read all three other books. I think that this is a good jumping off point. Um, and having said that, I will admit that I'm biased. Uh, <laughs> not, not able to read this without all the backstory in my head. And also I'm not ever trying to compare myself to Chandler and McDonald who are, you know, on the Mount Rushmore for me. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and they are for all of us who love this genre. Why did you pick Vancouver as the setting for these, for this particular book? Well, it's the city I know the best. It's where I was born. And there weren't a lot of crime novels set here. I mean, there were a couple Mm. of writers who had, um, who had done legal thrillers and a a cop series, but um, not, not, not a lot in the private eye genre. And that's really where my heart lies with that kind of, you know, the lone independent guy, um, you know, operating and moving through class. So I thought that, um, it hadn't really been done before. And mm-hmm. it's also such a great way to look at a city and look at, you know, how all of those pieces fit together, how the tourist side and the kind of, you know, the side that city hall doesn't want you to see how they fit together, the different right. classes, different uh, neighborhoods and things. So um, yeah, it's just sort of a combination of that. Now, why do you think you chose uh, your main character to be a private investigator? rather than just being a uh, police officer, because it's funny, you know, back in the 30s, 40s and 50s, when they were writing the golden age of PI novels, they were, uh, that you did have some private detectives around. And now it's, it's more like security firms and, and other people do, you know, corporate entities doing that kind of work. So I'm wondering, why did you decide to make your character a private investigator? 
Well, part of it, uh, I, I won't lie, part of it was just the romance of that genre and, you know, mm-hmm. writing in the, the style of Chandler and James Crumley and Walter Mosley and all those great writers. Um, mm. But then also, um, I wanted to look at cases where having the character be a cop and having to deal with police bureaucracy might hinder that kind of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain types of people that just don't talk to cops and there are certain types of cases that cops can't really uh, handle. And, um, and also, you know, selfishly, it's less, uh, it's less research. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, you're more of a writer who seems to be anyway, who enjoys to tell a story rather than do a lot of that kind of research on something that you can easily get around in the kind of stories you tell. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't write procedurals. I do want it to be authentic, and I do a lot of research and talk to, you know, people involved in all sorts of businesses, shady or otherwise. But um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's not it's not like the Ed McBain eighty seventh precinct series. It's not um, right, you know, designed to reflect the real life, uh, you know, of a of a homicide bureau. I, I like the idea that. Um, a private eye has a little bit more agency and a little bit more independence. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they can go places that other characters can't. Right. Yeah. And that me that definitely comes through in a lot of your work. It's, it's, uh, it, it's very gritty and realistic, but subtly so. And that's, uh, that's important for someone who's looking to uh, start a new series or, or find a new author. And uh, I think that's why you're, books have been so popular. Uh, I was wondering, are you planning on remaining in the in telling this series for quite a long time? Or do you have ideas to start maybe something else or give another genre a try? Well, I don't want to give anything away with Sunset and Jericho. But mm-hmm. when I wrote this, I was really unsure what was going to happen to the series. And it does end with a a choice that Dave makes, which could be considered an ending and could be the start of something new. I, I really mm-hmm. haven't worked it out that, uh, that far. Um, you know, that whole, like writing by the seat of the pants uh, versus outline it. Like, right. I, I don't know that that distinction is all that important, but I, I do feel like I'm just living by the seat of my pants right now, as far as career wise goes. Right. Yeah, I know we, we, we can have plans of our own, but then the market, place changes from week to week and month to month so we never know what's going to happen after that we can hope for the best but mentally and realistically we often have to prepare for the worst um you know i i I definitely get that um are there any other genres that you would have always wanted to entertain or do you want to explore continue exploring the crime fiction world well i've got two other genres that i'd really like to work in one is historical fiction just because mm. when I read that, I'm so struck by how seamlessly they work the research and the period details in when it's done well. Um, I read Hilary Mantel's Wolf Hall trilogy over the last couple of years, and mm. uh, I don't care at all about Henry VIII or any of that stuff, but she brought that to life like like The Sopranos, just that sort of in the head of a Machiavellian gangster figure with power and i mean it was it was so well done uh so i'd love to take a stab at that um and then the other genre is um i mean i love westerns i i just started um 
the fourth book in your uh, Jeremiah Halstead series. I saw the shout oh. out to Rob Brunette. That was very cool. <laughs> uh, um, so I'd love to do something that's either a Western or a modern day Western kind of a, you know, I, I love like the Jesse Stone series, the Robert B. Parker right. books, and then continued by Reed Farrell Coleman and other, other legends. Um, Longmire, you know, like, like something in that kind of small town, um, modern day, but kind of, uh, kind of a little bit more rural. Cause I do have that, that, that side to me too. So I'd like to do that eventually. Right. And CJ Box too has a successful series. That's a modern day Western. And also too, people tend to think only about the United States when they talk about the old West, but uh, Canada had quite a uh, interesting history that it wasn't the same kind of, um, uh, frontier cowboy hat and, and shoot them up uh, reputation that the Westerns have here in the States, but Canada had its own frontier and its own westward expansion. And there was a, there's a lot of stories to be told up there from what I understand. Yeah. I mean, from where I am in, uh, in New Westminster, I mean, I looked down on, um, on an area that used to be the fort and there were hangings there and, you know, kind of a little colonial outpost and, um, I mean, there's all sorts of just fascinating historical stuff about about the Pacific Northwest in general and, you know, people trading up and down the coast and coming up with their own languages and stuff. So, I mean, I think there's there's some really cool uh, stories to be told there. Right. Yeah. And of course, modern day, you can definitely have a Canadian version of a Longmire or, uh, you know, one of those kinds of stories. And, and there's plenty of opportunity for that. Um, I was wondering, uh, who are some of the authors that you haven't mentioned that might have inspired you or books that made you want to become a writer? Not necessarily influenced you to be a, a crime fiction writer, but just wanted you to give your hand, uh, try your hand here at writing, for, for example. Were there any books that were particularly influential to you? Um. I mean, what, one author that springs to mind immediately is Larry McMurtry. I just loved, I mean, everybody who's ever read Lonesome Dove, my wife read Lonesome Dove and I could mm -hmm. not make her sit through that mini series if I held a weapon <laughs> to her, but she read it, she cried. I mean, it's, it's one of the best books uh, ever. And the fact that he thought that his uh, literary achievements were kind of low, uh, like, you know, by the end of his life, he was a little depressed is really sad to me because I think, um, between that and Terms of Endearment, which again, not my type of book, uh, a weeper about a, a mother and daughter with uh, with a cancer scare, but like beautifully written. The characters yeah. are just so well, well wrought. So McMurtry is definitely up there. And um, I really love Josephine Tay who writes um, or wrote uh, like golden age mysteries. Um, and she did one called Daughter of Time, which is, about like her sleuth gets uh his leg broken and he's sitting in a hospital and mm -hmm. looking at a picture of richard the third and it causes him to go back and investigate the richard the third murders of the two kids in the towers and get into all this stuff about who gets to write history i mean it's just one of those books that you know gets shelved in the mystery section but is i mean it's it's beautiful it's it's uh it's as artistic and and as uh, literary as anything Right, right. And, you know, that's the, the beautiful part of when we read something that uh, sticks with us for a while. It could be a short story or it could be a novel, 
but its uh, its impact uh, can can reach different people in different ways. And it's it's you've got to be willing to find inspiration wherever you can, don't you? Yeah. What are some of the um, do you assuming you watch some television? What are some of the series that you like right now that are crime fiction or just regular fiction in general? Oh man. Um, I mean, my heart is still so back in the past with like homicide life on the street and NYPD yeah. blue, like those, you know, anything with Dennis friends or, uh, you know, Yafet Koto, like those are, those are my guys, somebody Husky in an ill-fitting suit, you know, <laughs> who's not going to like, you know, win any awards for, um, for solving a case, just, you know, grinding it out. I love that stuff. The Rockford files, um, Modern day stuff. I mean, there's, you know, Mayor of Easttown was really good. Um, right. Did you see Poker Face? Because I mentioned that because you talked about Rockford Files being an inspiration. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Um, but uh, I, I do like her, uh, Natasha Leon. She's she's great. She's great. Yeah, and that's that's a really good series, and it's uh, it's interesting from a cinematic standpoint how they constantly pay homage to Columbo and Rockford and some of the other popular um detectives from the 70s without pandering i mean it, they do it uh, they pay homage in a really smart way and uh, whenever you get the chance i i highly recommend that one as well so um you said you were thinking about uh writing a western and a, a modern day western i was wondering why would you want to do that genre? I mean, um, you know, because with crime fiction, it's your stuff is set in the modern day and then you're looking to do something perhaps uh, in a rural setting in modern day. And uh, do you have an, a sense of what themes you might be looking to strike when, if you do tackle that time period or that genre? Well, I mean, the things that I love about Westerns in general are, first of all, just the geography, just the fact that you get to talk about, as, as dumb as it sounds, animals and places and really get mm -hmm. into what, what makes a place unique. Um, and as more and more the world becomes franchises and, and you know, we live in this digital realm, I think it's really interesting to read about places where you know, stuff grows here that doesn't grow anywhere else and the climate mm -hmm. affects things and the fact that, you know, it's, there are mountains or deserts and stuff. So I, I really love that. Um, and then there is something about the Western and justice and that idea that justice is something that's improvised, it's communal, it's really not always perfect. And sometimes it can be, you know, very blunt and indiscriminate, but um is also kind of necessary when people get together. So I, I love those kind of themes too. Right, and you'd definitely be able to achieve that with uh, with setting something in a rural setting or uh, definitely in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, sounds like an area that's right that's really ripe for that kind of a story. So that's going to be uh, that that would be something to look forward to if you decide to go down that route. Um, I was wondering, since you've got a lot going on, what are some of the best ways that people can follow your career online or uh, you know, with your website, whatever you think would be best, like social media? 
Well, the newsletter that I'm running is the best, and that is the also the only one that Elon Musk and all those billionaires cannot monkey with at the moment. So that's <laughs> samweeb.substack.com. Uh, uh, okay. I have samweeb.com as a website, and I'm uh, sam underscore weeb on Twitter. Um, so any of those, and um, yeah. But the newsletter is really the one that I update, and I, I've started writing more pieces about just old paperbacks that i love and old old novels that um that just meant something to me movie reviews things like that so yeah and that's you know it's important to you know it's tough to strike a balance especially for a writer who's uh, an independent who's trying to uh, let people know what kind of writer they are and what kind of person they are but still gently remind everybody that there is a book for sale or there's a series for you to take a look at it's tough to strike that balance isn't it yeah, totally. And it's also like the newsletter is a great way to do that. And then it's also a great way to to write stuff that you can't really find anywhere else. So, you know, everybody can review movies like the new Marlowe movie with Liam Neeson. Um, you know, if you read like a mainstream review of that, it's going to say, you know, two or three words about the detective genre that are, you know, very blanket statements that don't don't require a lot of reading or anything. But um, mm -hmm when I can, when I review it, um, you know, you can bring all of that knowledge of the genre to that and talk about it in, in uh, conversation with, you know, the Robert Altman long goodbye and um, you know, the Mitchum, uh, the two Mitchum films. So right. Like that. Right. Yeah, definitely. What, just a, a quick aside. What did you think of Marlowe? You know, I went in there with rock bottom, expectations and it was slightly better than that i i like neil jordan i liked neeson um so i don't know like kind of a tentative thumbs up but uh you know it's um it's not the best adaptation it's not how i would do that but, right uh it, it had a couple of moments and um yeah better than garbage i guess is not a great review but uh <laughs> well it wasn't, uh, it was It was like one of those uh, when the gladiators would uh, look to the Caesar at the time and he, for the thumbs up or the thumbs down, sounds like your thumb is horizontal on, yeah. on the movie. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Well, Sam, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Uh, I know my audience is going to be very interested in uh, following up with your well, Wakeland novels and they're definitely going to want to go out and purchase sunset and jericho as soon as they can thank you for taking the time today oh thanks so much for having me terrence really appreciate it man no no problem at all everybody this has been another edition of spies lies and private eyes right here on the authors on the air global radio network we'll see you next time everybody take care you have been listening to spies lies and private eyes with host terrence mccauley on authors on the air global radio network.